This episode of The Blank Slate is brought to you, per the huge, by Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash Blank Slate. You know it well. You know it tried and true. This week on the show, we have the person that got me into audiobook narrating in the first place. And so this week, it's very apropos that I promote my own stuff. Oh, so masturbatorially. Uh, go to audibletrial.com for your free 30-day free trial and your choice of tens of thousands. It might be in the hundreds of thousands of audiobooks to choose from by now. You get a free one, and you can choose any of my free ones that I've read for, uh, uh, like Beach Bums or Users or uh, Sky Castle. There's a great children's fantastical tale, or you can learn... How to do research for a novel. I've done that one too. Check them all out. Just search uh, Rich Camelucci or Rich Cami uh, on Audible and, and you'll find them. So to go to audibletrial.com slash blank slate really helps out the show. Really helps out. That that would specifically help me out. And uh, I don't want you paying for anything that I do. You listen to me enough and I appreciate you for it. So go listen to me for more free. By going to audibletrial.com slash blank slate for your free 30-day free trial and free download. And guess what? They also, not only do you get to download it, you get to keep the book. It's not like a rental. You get to keep the audiobook. And then if you don't like it, whatever else you happen to purchase, once you're a member and you love the service, they have a guarantee. And you can just return it, no questions asked, and get your money back. Audibletrial.com slash blank slate for your free trial today. Now, on to the show. This is the Podswoggle Network, a podcast network with entertainment. So, yes, are we allowed to curse on this thing? Yes, absolutely. We are not regulated by the FCC, which is why I believe podcasting is a... Just sit back. Lay back. Okay. Chill. It'll pick you up. That's why I believe, like, yeah podcasting right now is just too good to be fucking true because we're not regulated by the FCC. Well, that's great. So, yeah. to your fucking friends, I think I'm not real. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, got I got Buddy Bryce. This is on Buddy Max. Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to the Blank Slate. Thanks for pushing play. Uh, this is one of your uh, regular hosts, Rich uh, Camelucci. Uh, uh, Chris Mullen is not here this week. Instead, it's a, another one of my best friends from way back in the day. Back in the day. Can we can we legitimately say that at this it's, age? We're 10 years removed. Okay. 11 for you. Okay. Well, so, um, it's what? <laughs> what? You're still only a month older than me. I know. So, whatever. Uh, I need every bit I can get. But this is Bryce Zabrick. How's it going, man? I'm, I'm doing Girl. all right. Hi, we're ladies and gentlemen. currently in... Baltimore, Maryland. Dundalk, Maryland, if you want to be specific. Actually, uh, this is... Sparrow's Point. Where every house on the block is where they wrote the um, Star Spangled Banner. Banner. (laughs) And actually, we figured out last night that... um, Well, actually, it was the night before, I guess. That Francis Scott Key... (laughs) Actually wrote (laughs) the resignation letter... Of John F. Kennedy. (laughs) That was no. That was two nights ago. Yeah, that's. A, I know it wasn't last night. That was crab night again. 
That's Crab Night Part One. Yeah. Good God. So yeah. So basically, uh, we are out. We were staying at my uh, my uncle's place in Baltimore, and we're out on his quote unquote beach, which is just a bunch of sand in the corner of his backyard. That is on the water. It's a really nice place. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we got the fire going. Everyone, all the adults have gone to sleep. <laughs> the oldies. And uh, I have four dozen crabs in me at the moment because I really haven't taken a substantial substantial shit from yesterday. Really? I put, I, I, I think I, I shit out the wings that we had before. That makes sense. Yeah. Because that so. crab was. It doesn't work its way through as it should. I I forgot who, because I posted several things about eating so many beautiful Baltimore seasoned steamed crabs. Mm, delicious. And um, and I believe somebody said that I, I probably got the gout, which I guess you get from eating a lot of seafood. Really? So if that's the case, well, yeah. Don't you remember Uncle Leo talking? About- <laughs> no, I missed that one. I remember all the duck pens or whatever the fuck he was talking about for like 45 minutes and then he stopped and then they started discussing something else and then all of a sudden he's like, let me tell you a story about the fucking bowling. I don't understand why he was so loud about it. We were all sitting right there. Right. Uh, It's real exciting. Most people... Of advanced ages, get like their voice also advances because like the the monitor in their ear isn't, isn't it turns as loud. down a little. Yeah, <laughs> they need to turn their headphones up. I said, turn my headphones up. Can't hear fucking snare. <laughs> no snare in my headphones. Uh, yeah, we've had a good time here in Baltimore, but more more importantly, fucking catching up. Yeah. And getting, getting to it. Uh, you brought up April Fools earlier. April Fools. Because you got like one of the, like, up there with horrible text messages <laughs> that are serious to get on April Fools. Yeah. If you want to. Yeah. So um, it's April Fools, and my dad is renowned for, you know, texting the stupidest shit ever, <laughs> like. Um, the year before last, uh, he's like, hey, I'm marrying so-and-so. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's a horrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, I don't immediately tell you him that. You can't open up with that. Yeah, I'm like, okay, <laughs> congrats, question mark. Uh, but last year, um, I wake up and text from Dad, and I'm like, Oh, fuck, what is it this year? And he's like, hey, uh, I had to put your dog down. And I was like, hey, fuck you, you know? (laughs) Why are you... That one's really not funny. That's not even funny. And, like, so I text my sister, and I'm like, hey, did Dad tell you the stupid joke about Duke, you know? And she's like, yeah, what a dick. And so... Yeah, so we're both, you know, back and forth, like, what the fuck's wrong with him? Why would you do this? This is horrible. So then, um, uh, so then he's like, no, I'm serious, I'm serious, I'm serious. So I'm starting to kind of believe it, and I text my sister, and she's like, you know what? 
I'm going to Dad's house right now because yeah. I'm tired of these fucking games. Yeah. <laughs> so she goes over there, and then, unfortunately, she agrees it's, with him, and yeah, he had to put him down. But that was uh... <laughs> so. That reminds me of an April Fool's prank that we tried to pull off. Uh, now, all right, as far as <laughs> April Fool's pranks go, uh, I, have a, I have a quick hot take on this. Okay. Because uh, your dad, take. your dad has at least like the right, uh, uh, like graph of what an April Fool's joke should do. Yes. It should like bring you down and get you like either worried or upset or something like that, and then the relief is in it being a joke. Correct. And as unpleasant as it may be, at least there's a relief. Fuck any and everybody that A, changes their birthday to April 1st, and B, uh, uh, will post something uh, uh, about something great happening in their lives. I got the job, I'm getting married, and this and that. And then, haha, ha, uh, it's just April Fool's dum-dums. It's like, fuck you, we're all... Oh, I'm so sorry that you got everybody that you know to be happy for you. <laughs> and now, I'm, I've, not only did you make me feel like an asshole, but you're not any better off in life you than you You still don't were. have the job. Yeah, you still don't have <laughs> shit, you piece of shit. And all the people that, like, change their birthday to April 1st just to be like, ha-ha, the fucking April Fool's, none of you people know me, you, you don't know my birthday. It's like, all right. So all these people that are just being nice to you to try to hopefully make you happy on your birthday... You now just alienated. Well, I'm going to be honest. And you just proved yourself uh, to have no real friends. I've never met that circumstance yet. Where somebody's changed their birthday so I, I can wish them a happy birthday. There's That's, so many fucking people uh, on April 1st I see on Facebook doing that. Why are they so needy? Because they're, they're, it's, it's, you're, you're setting yourself up to be sad. Yes. Really. It's like, uh. Because then a flood of notifications come in <laughs> And you're like, oh, no one knows me. <laughs> oh, what is my life? It's, oh, God. It's like we were talking about, what is it, unsuccessful people are the ones that post motivational posters? Absolutely. On Facebook? Absolutely. To help them feel better about themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I've never posted motivational, and I'm still unsuccessful. You are, you are the motivation. <laughs> so, we tried to pull off this April... Hold on, dick. Was it fat bag, bag, bag? <laughs> South Park? No, anyone? I... <laughs> oh God! Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I am so rusty I know. on my South Park. Come on! I really, really am. That's like one of the ones. So, uh, yeah, this was your senior year, my uh, junior year. Uh, we did theater together in People Fair Productions. Yes. Which was like not a high school theater thing. It's like kind of an after-school theater thing. I have a hard time explaining exactly it's, what People Fair was. It's semi, um, I would say community, but not, because it was based out of our middle school. Yeah. And the high schoolers could come back, and but typically get only elementary Fame and glory. Yeah, well. For community service hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's the biggest fucking racket <laughs> we ever had. And then you had, like, this one elementary school that... It was like a feeder system into the it. The director's wife kind of worked at that those kids could come and be in the yeah. show as well. So it was elementary, middle, high school. Yeah. And nothing after, because that was weird. Uh, Except one time. Yeah, in uh, Greece, the year after I graduated, Keenan brought back me and John Grelick for, like, 
cameo is basically in Greece. Oh, that you did because we talked and we we're like, what shows happened at? So it was Greece. Yeah, it was Greece, so Greece and then Jekyll and Hyde. Beauty and the Beast. Well, Beauty and the Beast, Greece, Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I didn't uh, see Greece. Okay, yeah. Oh, well, I was fucking in it. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying like you should have because I was in it. I'm just saying I didn't even have to see it. I was in it. Fuck. Uh, yeah. He brought back John to be uh, the Frankie Valley um, teen angel. Uh, and I was uh, Johnny Casino for the dance. Nice. And not only did uh, he have me do hand jive, but just because he had... <laughs> I said hand job, sorry. Yeah, Keep I was going. just giving hand jobs and it was really weird. It's a little job. Uh, and then he had me do Johnny Be Good just because he had seen me do it at karaoke. He's like, it's a good rock and roll song for you. You should do it. In, in the show I'm like okay sure why not it's completely out of place <laughs> probably extended the play a little longer affected the reviews I'm sure Whatever. but anyway so we try to pull out because the year before our director Mr. Keenan John Robert Keenan John Robert Keenan John Bob uh, 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 Bob Keenan check his books out uh, for sale on Amazon I'm sure yeah uh, um, was it Phantom Fire Phantom Fire yeah shout Plug. Plug. Um, <laughs> he pulled an April Fool's joke that f- fuck anyone that said that they weren't had by it because that oh. room was in tears. No, that was me and Esteban. That was, well... Because it was real. What are you talking about? Okay, so, like... So, me being in the military... Um... Uh, essentially, I could get called back at any point in time right. when I want, kind of sure. thing. So, um, September 11th happens, right? And John gets called back to do a physical for the military. And while he was gone, um, he went up taking some day off. Well, this is this is the late mid year, so this is 2003. Yeah, so but it was probably the Iraq War that like. Yeah, Iraq War was like 03, right? Yeah, it was all kind of the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. But this is the one with me and Esteban read the email from John, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, with my semi kind of limited knowledge on the military at that point, Esteban and I sat down and we're, we knew John was coming back. Right. You know, Monday. And yeah. it was Thursday he had to go do whatever the fuck it was. Friday he was taking off. Yeah. And, and our show is at like the end of the month. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> so, we sit down and we collaborate together and write this this long um, email about him being reactivated yeah, as a colonel. Called to, back. And, man, we read that to the class. We, we created a fake email yeah. that was the same email that he had, except it was under, like, Yahoo instead of AOL. Sure. And so that people, when they looked at it, you know, they're not really going to look at that part. They're going to see the... The J.R. Keenan, and then the rest of the message. And so... I remember I got there, like, late that day, after the email had been read, and I just walk in the room, and it's like, there's a fucking black cloud, there's a weight. The room is humid. Dude, it was so good, because as soon as Esteban was done reading that, there was probably half the females were fucking in tears. Which Esteban was probably the best person to read that. Agreed. Because he was... He was solid. Yeah. You know? He had gravitas. Yeah. Um, 
so they're crying, and then we're like, yo, what what should we do? <laughs> and then, you know, we're like, we, we should go on with the show. We'll have so-and-so. Yeah, we had some other oh. people kind of involved with it, so they oh. totally went in on it. And then, you know, immediately there were people like, we can't do this show without Keenan. <laughs> and then you have people like, no, this is the theater. What do they say? The, the show, show must go on. <laughs> And then, like, what was it, was... was it just Esteban just with that fucking shit-eating grin? Well, we let it ride for probably 15 minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Before, you know, we were kind of like, April Fool's fuckers. Yeah. And so the next year, we're like... We right. tried a dumbass one. Well... Well, but, for the group. It was in way too fucking elaborate. Yeah. But we wanted to top it. Yeah. And we also didn't put that much thought into it. Yeah. The yearbook one was better than the one we tried to pull on the group. What was the one we did on the yearbook? When I called the teacher and said that um, we lost all the proofs. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. That was the best. And also, it didn't help because... That's where Steve Addison came in. That is where Steve Addison came in. <laughs> picked up the phone when I called. Yeah. That was the yeah. best part. All right. Oh, fuck. All right. This yearbook one. Uh, I was uh, editor-in-chief in yearbook, and it was our uh, yearbook teacher's first year teaching, and she was, uh, uh, God bless uh, Heather Wright, uh, very hot, uh, but wet behind the ears. She was green as goose shit, and, <laughs> and she, like, was just wide-eyed and scared shitless the entire year, and I just... Feel terrible having done this, but yeah, uh, uh, told Bryce to call under a fake name, and I'll call. Like we had our representative, but she was out that day, and so like I answered. So oh, shit, was right here, and then he yeah. Then you give her the news. Like what did you even? I was said. Um, uh, this is uh, you know. Fuck, I forgot how it started, but it, essentially it was... I remember the chick's name was, like, Micah... Oh, no, you said yeah. Micah Miller. Micah Miller. And we that didn't, was our representative. Yeah, but we didn't even know that um, it was a female or a male when I called. <laughs> That's right. And so when I called, and I was like, yeah, you know who you've been working with? Um, uh, Micah Miller. And, his, and your teacher was like, yeah, I know her. And I was like, oh, yeah, perfect, bing, it's a her. Good to go. <laughs> Unlocked. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, we had some situations happen, and um, we found out she was doing yada, 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 and we wound up letting her go, and that didn't work out too well, and she burned everything that was on her computers with all the schools she was working with. <laughs> and, like, silence hit the phone. Her face made me feel so bad. <laughs> and I want, like, I'm... As much as I love, like, playing jokes like this, I get... I have too much of a heart. I have too much damn empathy. And I wanted to, like, let it go there, but I couldn't. <laughs> so then, um, I tell her that, and we go through this whole situation, and um, you gave me the reference number that our school was. Yeah. It was, like, 92546. And so when I told her, I was like, yeah, you know, just to make sure that, you know, everything's okay, you're, the, the number for you is 95246, right? And she's like, no, we're 92546. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I have the wrong school. Uh, your guy's stuff is actually fine. Uh, have a wonderful day. 
And she got off the phone, and she, like, I mean, like, I've never seen anyone, like, shit themselves in person before. <laughs> but I imagine that's probably what it looks like. Because it was, oh, man, it was beautiful. And I think that's probably where we, pro- like, oh, we're great pranksters. Yeah, and then we try to. We're not the, pranksters, we're great practical jokers. Yeah. And so, basically, this one that we tried to pull on People Fair the next year was, um... Like, you had just bought, like, a Toyota Supra. Oh, yeah. I fucking love that car. Yeah. And, like, you know, it was, it was a, a fast car, whatever. It was a fast car. Yeah, it was. There's one on my street, and every time I see it, I think of you and Jason. Uh, <laughs> and so we just, ba- the basic premise was uh, we got in an accident. <laughs> And, like, one of us, like, crawled to rehearsal or something. I, dude, I honestly don't really... It was... that one was so bad, I don't it was really... So, but yeah, I try, to, I try to forget it as well, but it was so bad. Like, I know that we ripped up shirts, we got fake blood. And I remembered I was supposed to die or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was... It was... It was horribly thought through. It was... Compared to the other two I was involved sure. in. Sure. It was it, it was biting off one way more than we could chew. It was very ill thought out. Uh, uh, three. It was just it was it was a misstep from the word go. Yeah. Like we just never showed that we were in over our heads. So plan, people. Don't just go off the hip unless you're good at you're shooting from the hip. What? Uh, well, as it turns out, I would be good at shooting from the hip, but more so for a performance. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure we could probably do something better than that at this point. It was also just, like, so unbelievable, too. Yeah. Like, as soon as, like, someone came, it was like, shut up, jerk-offs. We would have had to, like, find somebody from the fire department that we knew that was awesome. Yeah. Because you need... That's... Honestly, that's what it is. You need that chip of, of clout and credibility. Whether it be a badge, an email address... A reference number. <laughs> like, that's the key to any, like, practical joke. And, like, being able to sell it. Because b- people in general, especially on New uh, on New Year's Eve, on April Fool's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. If you get them on, on New Year's Eve, they'll never expect it. Uh, but, yeah, like, guards are up or whatever. But when you can provide a, a piece of credibility and, and credentials... Then it's like, they, well, they, I have to take this seriously. Then it kind of makes it a little real. That's why it's good to be friends with notaries. Okay, old notaries. My mom's a notary. Is she really? Yeah. Good. Or was. Oh. I know. I know more and more notaries. That's just something. That's just something that comes with getting old, I guess. I, late, dude. What? Oh, I thought you were calling my mom old. No, I'm calling us old. Yeah. Yeah. I can't talk too much about my mom though because I can't incriminate her on <laughs> on <laughs> on ones and zeros. And then she gets fired. <laughs> like, um, fuck! Did you hear that story about that dumb little bitch where her dad fought a lawsuit for this company he was working for, and uh, he got like eighty or hundred thousand dollars from the settlement, and they said the only stipulation is. You know, this is a back-end deal. Nobody can know that, mm-hmm. you know, what went down, yada, yada, yada. Dad gets the money. 
the fucking next day, his skank daughter's on the computer like, we got $80,000 bitches. <laughs> what happens? Company immediately sees it, calls sure. him up, money's gone. Sure. Beautiful. Uh, That's I mean, the way the world should work. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I get... Like, I have a general idea. Like, we still keep in touch. Yeah. Through text or Snapchat, mostly. 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 Uh, mostly. and, but, like, it is hard to, you're one of those people like, are you still living there? Like, you kind of jump around a lot. I, I do. I try not to stay in one place too long, because then the government figures out where I'm at. <laughs> even though I work in the military. Yeah, I was going to say, that. I'm of. pretty sure they might know. <laughs> so... <laughs> We meet in high school uh, through mostly people fair and theater, mm-hmm. uh, but you also uh, played football yes. for our high school football team. Yes. Uh, and you were the kicker. Kicker, yes. Uh, There's nothing wrong with being a kicker. Ain't nothing wrong with being a kicker, man. I'm just letting them know. And, uh, but you also, you know, obviously were a singer. Mm-hmm. And so, like, didn't you, like, sing the national anthem for, like, one of our games or something like that? I don't think, uh... Or didn't you, like, pitch that idea and some shit? I don't remember that at all. I feel like you did. The only thing that I remember about high school games was... (laughs) The guy that used to announce the games Uh could not say my last name for the fucking life of him. It's not that difficult. It's not, like, my last name. Well, I know, but... But he got, like, so tired of mispronouncing it that probably a quarter of the way through my junior year, he just started calling me Z-Money. Z-Money. So I was like, and eh, Z-Money's good for the extra point. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, fuck, I don't know. Does Osmond listen to this shit? I don't know. Okay. Well, either way, I used to call him O-Money. Yeah. And But I don't think... I don't think pretty much anybody actually understood where Z-Money came from. Yeah. And that's where Z-Money came from was we had this um, old awesome black dude that used to announce our games and he's tired of trying to figure out how to say my last name and just started calling me Z-Money. There's like maybe three ways to mispronounce your last name. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's funny. In the military I figured out how people could just turn my last name into anything. It was uh, Zabes, Zab, um... Z, uh, Zabrick House. That was a great one. <laughs> so yeah, so then you went into the Air Force. Yes. Afterwards. Two weeks after graduation. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I needed uh, it though. I was kind of a piece of shit. Oh, weren't we all? Uh, high schoolers. Yeah. If you're in high school, you're a piece of shit. Mostly. And... Unless you get to college and become a piece of shit. Then either way, you're still a Coll- piece of shit. College is piece of shit finishing school. <laughs> uh, uh, or it's where you get the rest of your being a piece of shit out of you. Yeah. And then hopefully by like senior year... You become an adult. You're like, oh, I think I have an inkling of how the world might work. It's still going to fuck me in the ass, but here we go. <laughs> That's senior year of college. Uh, so you were, you were first stationed... Where'd you go to basic? Uh, it was uh, San Antonio. Okay. It was six and a half weeks in the summer, so uh-huh. it was... Oh, Texas summer. That was, must have been lovely. 100 degrees, you uh-huh. know. Good old, the good old fashion, as they say. 
Uh, from the, actually, um, what I went on is what they call uh, in the maintenance career field um, the LSD trip. Okay. I went from Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio uh-huh. to Shepard Air Force Base in Wichita Falls, Texas. Okay. To Dias Air Force Base, Texas. I remember. I, I remember you at Dias. Yeah, and all of those. Well, San Antonio was okay. It only sucked because I was in basic training. Right. Shepard was a fucking small town to me coming from Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. And then I get stuck in Dias, where they have B-1 bombers, a Walmart, and some cow shit. <laughs> for four fucking years. <laughs> and even worse, the Russians show up every two years. The Russians show up? Yeah, um... I have to word this very cautiously. Please do. <laughs> Good God. I really don't want to spend a lot of time editing this. No. Um, um, our aircraft used to be nuclear capable. Okay. And um, there was this uh, treaty out that we had signed that said, you know, we no longer could maintain certain aircraft that were nuclear capable. Sure. Well, you know, we go inspect them. They come and inspect us. So every two years, they would come and inspect and make sure that all was... So come see whatever kosher. Yeah, that one. Um, come see, come see. That one. Yeah. yeah. So they would shut the fucking base down for like a week almost while these dudes showed up and we gave them the five star treatment and made sure that you know we were maintaining our uh, end of the bargain. It sounds like a pain in the ass. It was. To have to shut everything down. It was. And then you were like on call in case something fucking crazy came out of the woodwork. Dias, was that like near, that was the one near like Abilene, right? In Abilene. In Abilene. Okay, it was in Abilene. Yeah. Okay. About two, a <laughs> little over two hours west of Dallas. Texas is almost like worse than Florida in that any city of note is fucking two to five hours away from each other. Correct. And... I was always kind of hoping. I never really, like, took time to really study the fucking geography of Texas. But, like, I always kind of hoped that, like, all the major cities were always just close to each other. And it's like, of course not. There's only two of them. Uh, well, San Antonio and Austin yeah. are very close. And they got even closer once they changed the speed limit on that highway to almost 90 miles an hour. Jesus. Dude, that's the only thing I loved about the state of Texas was they were like, fucking take your car as fast as that bitch can go and get there. Except if you're rolling through my small town, and yeah. if you're doing three over, yeah. you're getting a four thousand dollar ticket. Of course. <laughs> Did you go to Austin? Um, I kind of went once. Uh, I didn't really like get to spend a lot of time there. Yeah, I mean, or... I went down Sixth Street, um, which is kind of like the big um, strip. Yeah, where all the bands, and we went to a couple bars to check it out, but. Um, kind of the stuff I was doing I didn't have a whole lot of time right to spend there gotcha but it is a cool little town I traffic is a fucking nightmare I want to go so bad um traffic is a nightmare it's fucking anywhere I know. though uh but it's such a small it's such a small town compared yeah. to you know that was where air quotes um <laughs> yeah it's like it's the capital but it's also like a college town basically. yeah it's not like driving through Miami Fort Lauderdale DC yeah. LA where it's like I know I'm gonna hit traffic yeah it's like Austin and I can't move it's like why is there traffic so 
Yeah. So you were four years at Dias. Yep. And then, and then the next thing, the next place I know you were at was Alaska. In my mind, you jumped straight from there to Alaska. But uh, I know that's not true because you were also in Thompson Blue. Yeah, I did that for one year on active duty. Um, my four years, I got out. And I actually <laughs> went to the reserve unit in San Antonio. Okay. Because Thompson Blue was out of San Antonio. I was doing some uh, contract semi-truck driving <laughs> for them after I got out, mm-hmm. kind of for my real job. Um, and then they asked me to tour again, so I got activated as a reservist in San Antonio. So I kind of went back on active duty for a year to be the technical director for this Air Force tour group. Um, It worked out wonderfully for me, as, you know, we had priorly discussed. Uh, And then from there, I went to Alaska and joined the Guard. Okay. Um, So, did you join, like, the, uh, the National Guard? The Air National Guard. The Air National Guard. Yeah, National Guard's Army. I'm not fucking with all that. Okay. Um... So what do you do in Alaska then? I uh, got to Alaska, started my job working on C-17s. Uh, finally decided to go to college at the age of like 40. Um, hey man, ain't no shame in that. <laughs> Amen. Fucking talk to our buddy Augie. <laughs> it's okay. I believe he said, uh, took me seven fucking years to get a two-year degree. <laughs> Amen. But you got it. Yeah. You get it. So I started working full-time for my... My guard unit there, um, we had some great times. We had some really bad times. Uh, we used to take squadron PT, which is like going to the gym, but it said we'd go to the uh, hill on base and go um, tubing in the snow. Oh. Yeah. And then on top of that, we had five airplane crashes in the two years that I was there. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Uh, so all during this, when do you kind of pick up, I mean, obviously Tops and Blue mm-hmm. is a performance group, so you're still performing, uh, and shit like that during all that. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so you really, like, the whole time you don't really stop either performing or starting to, like, transition to, like, learning the engineer stuff, right? Yeah, um, you know, I've been singing and performing my whole life, and then... Kind of after the first tour, I started getting into the technical side of things. Although I still did like the sound and stuff, kind of in high school. Yeah. With um, whatever the new teacher's name was, I started jumping into that a little bit. Sure. Um, so I started loving the the kind of nerd side to things instead of performing. Yeah. Because it was like, fuck. Now I understand how hard it is to be a singer for real life. Let me see about the other side. Yeah. So I stepped into a studio during something we were doing, and it just it completely changed my entire outlook. Because, I mean, when you sit in a million-dollar studio and you're hearing, you know, one of your favorite Michael Jackson songs through uh, fifty dollars to $100,000 worth of equipment, it's, it's a whole different experience than putting on a pair of Dre beats. Or even good headphones. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, I never really understood the 3D dimension to music until that happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that it could be in front of you, behind you, to the sides, up above, below, and everywhere in between, if it was done right. 
Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, that's a beautiful, like, the first time, <laughs> even the idea of, like, stereo, I was introduced to that, was actually here. Uh, my uncle was, like, geeking out because he just, like, installed a brand new stereo system, and he put on a Beatles song, and he was, like, pointing at it, it's like, you got John coming out of the speaker, you got Paul coming out of the speaker, you got George coming out of the speaker. Dude, the Beatles were the worst, but the best for stereo. Yeah? Because... When stereo first started to come out, you know, there was a lot of people just fucking with stereo because you could finally do it. Yeah. So instead of like... So just people going... It was like uh, 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 it was like adolescence where you're just like, I have it now. I don't know how to use it though. Yeah. And so if you go back and you listen to a lot of Beatles stuff that's not mono, which is, you know, a single source in front of your face. Yeah. They put vocals all the way to the fucking right. A lead vocal and... The guitar and drums to the left. And it's like, that makes no sense at all. But it was cool as shit for them at that time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because <laughs> we learned about a bunch of that in class. And it was like, why Why did they do that? That doesn't... You know. <laughs> I guess it was cool. Yeah. Uh, and you were when, when you were in Alaska, you actually did... This isn't the place where you're like, yeah, I did a couple movies, uh, but like you were in Alaska and you were like, you got to be a part of a few movies. A few movies. Yeah, extra. Um, thanks to uh, Big Miracle Whale Movie, great. Fucking Drew Barrymore Whale Movie. Yeah, but John Krasinski and Krasinski, the love of my yeah. life, Kristen Bell, is in that movie. Oh, oh, she is in that movie. Yes. Fuck. Yes. That's right. She doesn't know this, and if you're ever listening, I'm sorry, Dax, but I love your wife. Forever. I'm sure he deals with that on a daily basis. I know. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've got like 0.35 seconds of FaceTime okay. on that one from being a uh, camera guy. Okay. For a news station. Okay. And then... Uh, um, do you have, in case anyone like wants to try to look this, look you up, do you have like the time uh, stamp for like where it is? I don't, but um, there is... The scene is... Um, Dermot Mulrooney, is that his name? Dermot Mulrooney, you fucking nailed it for a second night in a row. Boom, boom. I always get him and Dermot <laughs> Mulrooney, the uh, other one. And, and, and Dylan McDermott. Yeah, him. I get those two fucked up there was, so much. There was an SNL <laughs> sketch that was, it was just a game show, and it was called Dermot Mulrooney or Dylan McDermott. Yes, <laughs> and you yes. Just, they would show you a picture, and you had to guess. <laughs> so that was me. I was in... I was in two scenes with him. Uh, the first one is kind of hard to see because he's getting out of the helicopter um, that's known as a sky crane. And those are the, the big helicopters that, you know, lift shit on construction sites and whatnot. And, um, so he gets out of there and he's like doing an interview and we're all like following him. And that's the hard one to see me in. But the next scene is him in the office explaining what's going on. Um, with the hovercraft and what they want to do. They want to use this hovercraft to blow holes into the ice. <laughs> Fuck if I know if that would have ever worked. <laughs> it is based on a true story. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> that's Okay, a movie with a hovercraft pitch in it, but it's like, then it just hit me. Oh yeah, that was that was based on a true story. Yeah. Um, so he's in this, he's in his um, office talking about this thing and there's like six of us news people in there and as it's like, painting from the back of him showing us you can see me like 
putting the camera down and turning to walk out, and I'm done. And that was about it. Um, the second one was called Frozen Ground. Uh, went straight to DVD. John Cusack. Um, Nick Cage. Nick Cage, Vanessa Hudgens. Um, 50 Cent. 50 Cent. 50 Cent. Uh, Dean Norris from Breaking Bad and Under the Dome. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. Literally two of my favorite character actors. I looked because I looked up the cast last night while you were talking about it. Uh, uh, Kurt Fuller and Kevin Dunn. Like, yeah, no one, no one ever fucking knows them. <laughs> Mullet knows how much I fucking love Kevin Dunn, the actor. Uh, he was like the dad in the Transform Transformers movies. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then we were watching Ghostbusters two last night because it was just on. Because uh, it was hashtag Slimer Saturday, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and they're both in Ghostbusters too, and I couldn't help but think of that because I have a fucked up weird movie mind like that. It's okay. It's all right. So but this one was this a tough shoot? Um, this one kind of was. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, the first one was great because I got fed like all the time. <laughs> I became friends with the guy. From um, catering and that's a Hollywood lesson. If you're, if no matter if you're an extra or whatever, befriend the people in catering because you'll get shit ton of cookies and bacon wrapped shrimp mm. if you're into either of those. Mm. Um, so the second one, uh, I got called to. I was actually in Oklahoma. I had moved to Oklahoma at that time, yeah. and the casting, well, the chick with the casting kind of agency that my face was in their book, she calls me up and she's like, "Hey, want you for an extra in a movie?" I'm like. I don't know. It's a really expensive plane ticket to come be an extra for a movie. And she's like, you'll probably be in a room for 12 to 14 hours getting paid to get lap dances. I said, I'm in. <laughs> oh, so she had to go with the hard sell then. Huh? Right, right, yeah. right. So, uh, day one starts, and um, it's fucking freezing as shit outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all like trying to stay warm, but you know when we're inside um, the strip club, which was actually uh, an old bar that had closed down for forever, and they okay. just kind of got enough power in there for the movie. Um, uh, and if you see the movie when they walk into the club, it's actually almost 15 minutes away because we shot there as well. Okay. So when she walks in, it's another building 15 minutes away, but the inside was shot right. at this other location. <laughs> so we're freezing. There's no heat. They hire local strippers, you know. Um, there's two different payment types. There is only tits, and then there's tits and vag. But the, <laughs> the team... What's the... Did you have any information as to how much the difference in pay was? Uh, I think it was... Uh, it was like 50 or 100 bucks for just tits. And then... For full frontal. And then full, it was like three, three fifty. So it was like, you know, 150, 200 bucks extra. Yeah. Which really isn't much. It's not much. But the it's best... Enough, it's enough to make you think. The best part about it was, um, the ones that were T and V, they had to have a bush. Had and... Cause well, hold on, was it a period piece? Yes, another period piece. <laughs> hey now, uh, like what, what year did this movie take place? In, like eighties or something? Eighties, uh, maybe. Yeah, probably early okay. to mid eighties, somewhere around there. Yeah, I don't really remember. That's funny, but it was based on a true so, story too. Right. Uh, so, did they have to like in preparing for the role grow bush? No, 
It was fake. It was fake Merkins? And that was the best part. Because um, the first the first scene that I did while I was in there, I was being walked like hand in hand with one of the strippers past the camera. And then um, later on that day, well, we did another scene. I was sitting with a dude in seats. And then um, the, the cre- it was the creepiest part, but the, the coolest kind of weirdest part of the strip club sequence and I was getting a lap dance from this chick, and she was so enthralled at her having hair on her vagina that she kept, like, playing with it in front of my face. She's like, can you believe that, like, how does my bush look? And, like, you know, one foot up on the chair, one on the ground, like, we were best friends, and she was just showing me her vagina. But she wasn't the only, they were like, they were all like that, because they weren't used to having, you know, that yeah, bush there. Yeah. And they just slapped it on for the yeah. shoot, and so they were all like... It's like a novelty. They were always like, just touching the top of their vagina, <laughs> making sure their bush was okay. <laughs> but that one was weird, because I'm getting a lab dance from this, you know, big, fake tits, always playing with her vagina chick. Uh-huh. And literally, dude... An arm's length away is fucking John Cusack. That's gotta be, a, like, really mind-fucky. The weirdest part is he plays this, this serial killer. Mm-hmm. And he really freaked me the fuck out. Like, I don't know, maybe maybe I had a flashback and went back into character as a child, you know, actor kind of thing. Uh-huh. And me... But it, it couldn't have been that. Because I'm yeah. getting a lap dance from this chick. I'm getting paid. I've got fake $1 bills I'm throwing at her. But he's like, he's scanning the strip club. Like, he's looking for some bitch to take home and murder that night. Yeah. And, like, the look in his eye just terrified the fuck out of me. So, I love John Cusack. Does a great job. But that motherfucker is scary in person. <laughs> there was actually an interview I listened to with Danny Trejo. Uh, you know Danny yeah, Trejo? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Um, uh, Machete. Yeah. And they asked him, like, who in Hollywood, like, would you would you not want to fuck with? Like, who do you think could, like, just fucking go off and, like, fuck somebody up? And he, like, thought about it for a good fucking minute. He's like, you know, John Cusack could fuck a motherfucker <laughs> off. Dude, I promise. He terrified the yeah. shit out of he me. He said, like, he just got, like, something in his eye. Yeah. It was just like, oh, that's awesome. It was, he, like, he had the rape eye for real. <laughs> and it terrified me. Yeah, hey, man. I fucking love John Cusack. He's a great actor. I thought he was... That was a great acting job. He had a crazy look in his eye. And I thought he was going to rape me. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, let's get it on. Um, but then... Uh, <laughs> so after uh, that was all said and done, um, I she actually... She's like, can you get a car that's from this era? Um, and I want to friend through a friend through a friend and it was kind of weird because this dude let me borrow his car but like hovered around me the whole night yeah and so i really was awkward about the whole thing but um so i got in this um uh chevelle okay now i was driving for this one scene and essentially all it was was pulling up behind nick cage in a parking lot and Closing the door and kind of following him down this little strip. And so, it was cool though, because they gave me a walkie-talkie. And, you know, with Nick Cage having one too, they referred to me as Bryce over the radio. So I'm like, 
holy fuck, I'm important for once in my life. So by the end of the day, like Nick Cage had to know, like, oh yeah, that guy in the car, his name was Bryce. Yeah. And like the next day, he probably forgot. Of course. Because it's Nick Cage, and he probably agreed to do fucking uh, uh, the the king's uh, dragons, whatever crazy fucking movie he did next after yeah. that. But but yeah, that's yeah. fucking dope. Yeah. And so and then. You know, um, I, f- I forget what the the name of the title of the guy was that did that, but he like he essentially kind of directed every scene and put people in place, told them what to do, and you know the director would tell him what to do, and he'd be like, "All right, you here, you here, you two are gonna do this, you do this, yada yada yada." That was probably um, the first AD, if I had to guess. Yeah, pro- yeah, I think that was what it was. Um, but he, you know, from that point on, just started referring to me as Bryce. That's so cool. now even more important. Um, he was uh, six six three, uh, solid two sixty. Who's this now? The AD. The AD. Um, we're doing well. This is after the car. We walk down this place. Um, Vanessa's storming out of the strip club. You know. Oh, Vanessa. Yeah. Yeah. Vanessa Hudgens. Uh, <laughs> so, in this part, he's got me as one of, like, four people that are crossing in front of the camera in this scene. Um, it was him and another guy, actually. And the other guy was, like, tapping on our shoulder to walk one way, and he was going to tell us to walk back. So, the last fucking take of all this, the one guy's like, all right, go. So, you know, I quickly walk in front of the camera. And then, as I get to the other side, big dude's like... All right, get ready. You're about to go. I'm like, okay. Getting all excited. You know, shit's happening. <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens is freaking out. She's slamming doors and shit. And all of a sudden, dude, like my shoulder blades, he grabs my shirt and twists both of it, my shoulder blades. And he's like, are you ready? Because you're about to go. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm ready. I don't understand why you're grabbing onto me, but I'm ready. He's like, here it comes, here it comes. And he literally just throws me into the fucking camera. Like, there wasn't, like, a go. There was, like, a push. (laughs) And I, like, bumped arms with Vanessa Vanessa Hudgens, and we kind of, like, looked at each other, and it was love for, like, three seconds. And that was the end of it. (laughs) That's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, it was... Oh, and then um, the last scene that we did was uh, Nick Cage and the other cop I forget who he was. They were, like, walking along the street, and they were like, all right, we just need everybody to move. And they kind of put all the extras on this one sidewalk. And um, so instead of me, like, walking back and forth like everyone else was doing, I literally just did a circle the entire time. (laughs) I didn't stop to talk to anyone. I just... I did a circle. You couldn't see it, but I was like, that would have been so funny just to watch myself just doing a circle for no reason. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, we could, people could see you in the strip club scene behind John Cusack. For, like, that fast. Sure. And I haven't I haven't actually watched it to dig more into it, so um, I might be in a couple other spots, but yeah. I don't know. And then, like, wherever Vanessa Hudgens bumps into somebody. Yeah, I didn't see that one. I'd have to watch it again. Yeah. Okay, and then like the car following. You can see the car for sure. Car. Cool. When he pulls, he pulls up into this parking lot and gets out and starts walking, and you can see the Chevelle pull up behind him. 
Fuck yeah, man. That's fucking great. Yeah, That's it was awesome. It's fun. I mean, John Cusack, I could have tickled his balls. He was so close. But then, of course. And I would have. Yeah. John. Uh, so, how much longer did you spend in Alaska? It's been about two years. Um, it was just under two years. What was, it, what was Alaska like? Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It was, I mean, if, if anyone is an outdoorsy person, they have to go to Alaska. Sure. I mean, the hiking is incredible. Like, what the, like what's, the, what's the fucking grocery store up in Alaska? What do they have? Walmart. <laughs> All right, then. That answers that. <laughs> um, fuck, dude. I actually... I don't remember the name. Like a fucking Kroger's or something up there? No, no Kroger's. Uh, they do have McDonald's. It's no longer a dollar menu, though. Oh. It's like a dollar fifty, two dollar menu. Well, that's pretty much everywhere you go. True. Times um, they are changing. They do have... Uh, man, I don't remember the name, but there's like a little kind of Asian district. Uh, Nusagai. Okay. Uh, they got great food that they sell there, especially the seafood kind of stuff. Um, but Alaska is like one of those places where you want to get to know people because like my old boss and I was so close with everybody in my guard unit that when they went out to hunt and come back, man, I got fresh salmon, I got fresh halibut, I've got fresh moose, yeah. uh, reindeer, caribou. Uh, it's delicious actually. Yeah. And, uh, so I mean, all that was, was, was great. And, you know, if the music industry was good, I would have stayed there probably forever i mean that's not that's awesome because like that uh, obviously the fact you were able to even like start a, like a music career there yeah was like not it's probably not one of the first 48 places you would think to start a music <laughs> career <laughs> well it's like taking a sabbatical you know i had to disappear for a while uh -huh. do some stealth study <laughs> and then try it again <laughs> and come back on the scene yeah uh, so, what made you leave Alaska? Uh, a good buddy of mine that I kind of knew from that Tops and Blue tour sure. uh, was in Oklahoma, and he told me about this music school that had opened up in 2009 called the Academy of Contemporary Music. Okay. Now, the real Academy of Contemporary Music is in England, and this was kind of a satellite campus of that, but not really, because it was attached to the University of Central Oklahoma. Okay. So we kind of learned the same stuff. Some things were changed. I'm because the only I, I just can't help but think like why Oklahoma? Like why is that in Oklahoma? Well, because the Flaming Lips came out of Oklahoma, which was okay. like uh, a punk band that you know helped in that whole movement. Yeah. Back in those days, yeah. and you know they were huge, and um, you know essentially they stayed there. They didn't moved to LA or anything like that um, and their manager Scott Booker has been with them essentially forever he decided that he wanted to create a music school in Oklahoma that was cool. wasn't you know opera or musical theater that yeah. was more of like school rock yeah kind of thing um, so he created this school and it was kind of bumpy at first and you know I only did two years and grab my associates through them. Um, we'll go into the not why I didn't get the bachelor's in a minute. But, you know, and it slowly progressed, and I just really hoped that, and I still do hope that it'll be, like, full sale or, you know, those other schools kind that of are... Kind of like a name-brand place. Yeah, 
where like you can say it and be like, oh, okay. Oh, you went to yeah. ACM. And a, a, a recognition factor. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and you know, Scott has been dealing with so many people and just, and there's a lot of other people that are involved in Oklahoma that are trying to, to make it the new Austin, but not really the new Austin and just right. bring the arts. And, you know, there's so many outstanding musicians in the state especially right there in Oklahoma City. I mean, um, fuck, dude, I can never remember her name, but um, the chick that wrote uh, Nicki Minaj's um, uh, uh, Boom ba doom ba doom ba baby Super uh, Bass? Yeah, yeah, I don't know who wrote it, though. But. Yeah, well, she's from Oklahoma, like oh. a small town in Oklahoma. Huh. Yeah, um, <clears throat> fuck, what is her name? I mean, I'm... Either I, way. I fucking love hearing that, though, because, like, I'm... The more ways we can get, like, certain cities and... and st- I just... I hate the idea of, like, a flyover state, you know? Yeah. And if it has to be a place as random as, like, Oklahoma City to become, like, a really cool-ass, like, arts and music hub, then fuck yeah, man. Like... Her name was Esther Dean. Sorry. There's no reason why... Uh, like, understand, you know, 40, 50 years ago, back 100 years ago, why a New York or an L.A. had to be it. Yeah. Because you couldn't send shit in a, in a, in a second. Mm-hmm. But now you can fucking do anything anywhere, really. Well, one of my instructors came from L.A., and he was actually one of the guys that was um, singing in Robin Hood Men in Tights. He's, <laughs> he's actually the guy that um, helped write... Where men, manly men, yeah, that man. manly men part, he's the one that shot that to Mel Brooks, and he's like, beautiful, love He's the it. manly man guy. Yeah. So, I mean, and now he lives, he moved back to Oklahoma. Um, his wife is uh, Kelly Coffey, and she was um, almost a huge, you know, country star hmm. back when she was uh, younger. Um, but she's done great work out there, and they both essentially work from home now. Yeah. Uh, out of L.A. Yeah. Doing, you know, movies and, you know, things like that. So, I mean, the in, the entertainment industry has kind of always been about who you know. Right. And today, it's really a lot of who you know. It's You can't, you know, go play in a bar anymore and hope that an A&R rep's going to come Exa- and fucking yeah. find you. They're, they don't exist. Yeah. You know? Um they want to find you on YouTube, and you have to you have to push yourself now. Yep. If you don't fight, you know, to get where you want to be in the entertainment industry these days, you're gonna sit at home and work at McDonald's for the rest of your life. And you have life. every tool to do that too. Now. Yes, like you have to. It's it's it, it's a lot of fucking time. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, a very just all the minutia you got to put into it. Like for 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 or picked up podcast, you know, I'll just follow a shit ton of people, and it's boring as hell to do that. And it takes, you're just sitting there, just following, I don't know, this person might follow back. And then after they follow back, maybe they'll fucking listen. Mm-hmm. I've discovered things that way, yeah. by things following me. Uh, so, like, that's how I know it at least works, unless I'm the one dumbass that ever fucking, like, engages with something back. But that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's like I, I told you, there was this company, um, Wink Sound, I don't know if they're still around, but they did... Um, tutorials for, you know, uh, recording and stuff like that on different digital audio workstations. Yeah. Um, 
it was weird because they started following and they posted something or retweeted something about Tops and Blue, what I was in. Mm -hmm. And I asked them, I was like, hey, do you know anything about Tops and Blue? And they're like, no, it was just one of our suggestions. We started following it. And so I got in touch with their lead guy and we had this big, long conversation. All of a sudden, I did um, their producer series uh, from them to kind of explain what life touring and Tops and Blue and the military kind of life was like. And then I started doing um, tutorials for them for Pro Tools. Well, in the midst of all that, one day I fucking check my Twitter because I get a notification, and it's Sir Mix-a-Lot. <laughs> and he's like, you know, hey dude, how do I, you know, do this and this? You know, I saw the, the video on this, but this is what I'm trying to accomplish. And I was like, oh, well, you know, if you take this and this, and he's like, okay, great, well, what about this? All right, well, if you do this and this, then, you know, that happens. And he's like... All right, man. Well, appreciate the help. Thanks. You know, I haven't really heard from them since, but, but I had yeah. Sir Mix a lot freaking asking me how to use Pro Tools, <laughs> and it was probably one of the greatest days of my life. That's fantastic. Especially before I ever, you know, got into the situation that I'm in today, which is working at a multi-million dollar studio in Oklahoma City. How'd you get in that situation? <laughs> a funny story, actually. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, but does this, uh, cause I also, I don't want to uh, skip over this, uh, about the bachelors. Does this have to do with not getting your bachelors at all or? Correct. Okay. This all is right. all kind of tied Perfect. into that. Perfect. So, um, I'm getting my associates from the Academy of Contemporary Music. Um, everything's working great. I'm learning the, more so the basics of a real studio environment, more so than how to record and edit and all that stuff. Cause I did that myself, my sabbatical in Alaska. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, my last about year there, um, uh, we get an email from one of the guys in the school, and he's like, hey, there's an internship for Blackwatch Studios. I was like, cool. So I put in. Um, apparently, that never worked out for anyone to get that internship because I tried, uh, called the guy, um, never got anything back. I had to actually go on a military trip. So I disappeared for about a week, came back. Nothing, 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 so I just gave up on it. It's like, man, that sucks, you know? But then, by the graces of God and whoever else, whatever else is up there kind of thing, um, there's that same guy knew how hard or how bad I wanted that and how hard I kind of worked for that, um, that interview to be intern there, that he was like, hey, there's another studio in town, you know, the music group. Uh, they're offering an internship as well. And I said, I'm not fucking going anywhere, and I'm not doing anything, and whenever they say we want to meet, I don't care if it's during class, I'm going. Yeah. I don't give a shit, yeah. you know? Um, so we wound up, it wound up working out to where I met with uh, the owner, Chris Friels, and LG Hamilton. Um, you know, it was super terrifying, but I tried to you know, be as professional and as awesome as I could be. Uh, and I waited like a month and a half to hear from them and nothing. Oh. And I was like, fuck, I totally didn't get it. And so... Yeah, at a certain point, you just have to go like, I, I just have to move on. Yeah. You know, I thought I had some awesome credentials. Guess yeah. not. Yeah. Um, so I email um, the guy back. The guy actually is uh, Derek Brown. He's, I think, plays keyboards for the Flaming Lips. Okay. Works at the school as well. Um, and he was like... Oh, you know, let me check. I don't know whatever came to. And then all of a sudden, the next day I got an email from them. And it was like, 
hey, you've got the internship, show up this time. I was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> Throwing shit around my room, you know, doing the helicopter, whatever. And um, so I interned there for, uh, supposed to be, I think four or eight weeks was an internship. But I wound up being there even longer. They kept pushing my internship because I just did everything I could for them and anything yeah. that they needed that... Whenever I heard my boss say, yeah, you know, I kind of asked the other intern to do this and they never got it done, it was fucking done. There was no questions asked. Yeah. Clean toilets. You know, I did everything. Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. It was it was legitimate like they talk about in the movies where I was cleaning toilets and vacuuming most of the time. And yeah. Kind of getting to sit Weren't in you, yeah. on sessions when the main boss would kind of let me. You were in the rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then after being there for a while and then... Uh, uh, my mechanic ability was pretty well too, soldering and stuff like that. So, you know, I, with as much as I knew maintenance and recording side, because uh, uh, that kind of a thing is essentially in in the Air Force. Yeah. What you did in the Air Force. Yeah, maintenance on airplanes. Right. So it kind of all, and then high school I did maintenance on cars. Right. So it all kind of like tied together, and so you know, um, and this goes with any career anybody wants to get in. You learn everything you can about it, you know, even the smallest, stupidest fucking job that nobody gives Top a shit about. And then, you know, um, no one can tell you. You well, and you and you can be there for whenever anybody needs anything. Yeah. Don't worry, I got it. And then at a certain point, that turns into, oh, you know who could probably do this? Yes. Bryce. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, you you essentially make yourself priceless at that point. Yeah. Where it's like, well, he can solder, he can do this, he can do this, he can do this. Um, we need to get on the roof and put caulking down because there's a fucking leak. <laughs> you know, anything. Yeah. And, you know, that's just, they had to kind of have me at that point. Um, so they wound up offering me, um, you know, pay by hour. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, once that kind of started happening, it was coming up on the end of my associate's degree. And then the following year, which was almost eight months later, they were like, you know, we want to hire you full-time salary like everyone else. And so at that point, it was finish college or take my dream job. And I said, fuck you, college. I don't give a shit, you know? So... Um, I, that's where you're going to yeah. get your dream job for. <laughs> Correct. So I wound up, you know, um, doing some research. UCO is not really a big online school, mm -hmm. but I found out that with all the credits I had at prior colleges and all that bullshit that I could essentially put everything together and then finagle my way and find, you know, all these classes without prereqs to get my bachelor's degree in, um, uh, general studies. Yeah. Jack of all trades, master none. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so, took the job, um, worked my fucking ass off full time for the studio, overtime, you know, and there really was no overtime pay. Right. You kind of just get flat rate pay working right. in the studios. Um, and then, you know, killing myself over 12 hours a friggin' semester. And, you know, eventually I knocked that out this May and. Now I'm just making music for a living, and it's wonderful. Oh yeah, man. And who are some of the other people that you've worked with? Um, 
The Flaming Lips, a lot of you probably won't know any of these people sure. I'm talking about besides the Flaming Lips. Um, Flaming Lips, um, I worked with a guitar player from Third Day, which was a Christian band. Um, Sandy Patty, who was actually a huge, um, they actually called her The Voice. Um, huge artist back in the day, still is with the semi-older us crowd, mm -hmm. but she was on Broadway and all that stuff too. Oh, wow. Yeah, dude, she's, she's incredible. Yeah. Like, she is the best artist. Super humble, like, not even diva-ish. I mean, she's got, like, certain things she enjoys for ambiance, but that's it. She gets in there and just fucking sings her ass off, mm. and it's incredible. And I hope she doesn't hear that, because F-bomb would be a horrible <laughs> thing to say to Sandy Patty. Um, uh, worked, um, I did a couple edits for Jim Brickman, who's a big um, piano guy. Um, who uh, I just recently did um, a session with Disney. Hmm. Part of them. That's kind of on the low low. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> should I not? No, it's fine. Okay. I'm not really gonna say what it is, who it is, fine. when it is, where fine. it is, but that's that's all you know. It's, <laughs> okay. It's Disney. Gotcha. Uh, I worked with um, Betsy Butler. 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 Like we were talking about the other day, uh -huh. uh, she was on Scrubs. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She came and read a VO for a show called "I Killed My BFF." <laughs> it's on E or some crazy ass network. Yeah. Um, she was funny as shit, man. I yeah. loved. I, I like. I loved her. That's she was awesome. great. Um, and that's that's kind of about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And now I'm just working my way up to like. I vote for the Grammys, and now I want to win one, kind of thing. Shit, you vote for, who, uh, can you tell us, like, who you've voted <laughs> for or anything, or is that, like, secret, super tough? Well, it's not that really, secret. no, it's not really, especially at this point, because everybody all, already won this past year. Right. Um, I honestly don't really remember a whole lot uh -huh. of who I voted for, because there's, like, 10 or 15 categories I got to vote in. Um, comedian, I don't remember who I voted for, but there was, like, Patton Oswald. Jim Gaffigan. We talked about yeah, it. Yeah, I think I remember you telling me that you voted for Gaffigan? It might have been. Yeah. Who else was there? There's Patton, and there was two or three others. I think I you voted for Gaffigan. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, you did. You did. The best one I love, like I was telling you the other day, is I voted for Beck. And Beck fucking won. Because... You know, I was looking through all the pop stuff, and I get to whatever it was, album of the year, and it was like, Beck, what the fuck? Where, when did they come back? <laughs> and between them and everybody else that was on there, I was like, oh my god, this is this is great. Yeah. You know, way to come back, guys. And uh, then Kanye West is trying to fucking destroy his hopes and dreams on TV like he always does. That fucking piece of shit. Well, he came back. He, 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 doubled, back on, he doubled back on that. Well, he can... Yeah. Double back, back to yeah. hell. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm super grumpy when it comes to Kanye West. <laughs> I mean, plenty of people are. It's like Beats, Beats by Dre. I have so many things to say about those two things, and we'll just leave it at that. Okay. Um, did you vote for a musical theater uh, album? Yes, yes, yes. Um, Carol King, and it won. Nice. Yeah. I mean, oh, dude, okay. it was great. I loved it. It was funny because, like, um, Aladdin was on there. Yeah. And the dude, whoever was singing, was great. And the female was 
a fucking nightmare. I was like, really? How did they pick her to be on Broadway? Wow. I should be on Broadway. I'm okay. <laughs> but she was not okay. Dude, I um, somehow, like, maybe eight years ago, found a bootleg, like, in the theater recorded on, like, some small little flip cam, bootleg performance of Wicked mm. with uh, Norbert Leo Butts, uh, wasn't Fierro that night. Mm-hmm. Taking his place was Tay Diggs. Wow. Which is awesome, because Adina Mazel was playing mm-hmm. uh, 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 Elphaba yep. at the time, and they were still together at that point. Um, so I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be fantastic. Oh, they're going to kill it. They're going to crush it together. Tay Diggs was so fucking bad. Oh, God. It broke my heart. That's so sad to hear. Yeah. Oh. I hope that's what caused them to break up. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't that, but... <laughs> but in my heart of hearts, I want that to be probably true. had something to do with it. <laughs> it was something that ate at her forever, where she was just finally like, well, there's the cheating thing and that one time... You... <laughs> and you know what? One last fucking thing. I pulled every string I could to have you stand in for Fierro... And you fucked... You made me look like an asshole. <laughs> uh, that's gorgeous. What's what's some of your... Uh, what's some of the things that stands out from us, us doing people fair for you? For me, one of the things was... And this was Kanan pretty much like having us act out something he like always wanted to be able to put on was teaming us up as the Blues Brothers. Oh, God, that was great, man. Fucking, he, uh, I, did we, like, do any of the songs for karaoke, or was he just like, you two should do this? I, I honestly don't remember. Because we did it for a, a talent show that we would use to raise money for our show at the end of the year, and we hosted it as the Blues Brothers. Yeah, and it was pretty decent show. It was, fuck you, it was great. I had that on tape somewhere, I need to convert all of these. Yes, please do. Uh, and... Basically, what we did <laughs> was we uh, got the the movie on VHS, and Keenan had like this Best of the Blues Brothers tape. I still have that somewhere. Wow! And <clears throat> like we just watched it like we were studying fucking game tape, and then we essentially wrote the show based off of that. Based off of those two things, and like mostly like. Rewriting scenes to also, because there was some trippy ass shit where like, uh, like our friends Emily and Crystal were playing characters from like Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and we like yeah, yeah, wrote yeah, them yeah. into it, <laughs> and like every Fuck me. <laughs> every fucking like act, we like had a, a perfect transition from like a, a line or something in the movie to that. We got the SRO officer for Apollo Middle School yes. to chase us around at the beginning. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I oh, learned how to do a cartwheel. <laughs> Holy shit. You know I got Keenan to say jack off, right? <laughs> were you do you were you there for that? <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When it was I pissed him off so bad. <laughs> 
that he was so frustrated. He because he always used to say jacking around. Yeah. And that that day he was so fucking mad and so confused with what was about to come out of his mouth. He goes, "Damn it, Bryce! Would you stop jacking off, dude? How do you fucking hold your composure when that well, happens?" Everybody, everybody, will just lost their shit, <laughs> which didn't help quell the situation. Oh, God, it was so hard to keep a straight face <laughs> when your director tells you to stop jacking off. Ah, <laughs> uh, God bless America. Uh, we went uh, the last year that our high school actually had a theater program. We, uh, you and I, and friend of the show, Scott Arell. Um, Scotty. Scott and I were freshmen, and we did a uh, we did a piece from uh, Complete Works of William Shakespeare, abridged with Esteban, uh, who we talked about earlier. <clears throat> and Scott and I were also extras and dancers in the background of Esteban's seventy-six trombones, mm-hmm. which also got a superior. Um, and we got a superior as well at, at districts. And then Scott and I also did a a pantomime. <laughs> That we did in our acting class. And our acting teacher was like, yeah, you guys should do it. And it was a pantomime. And you basically, like, for this category, you, like, set it to, like, a song or something. An instrumental piece of music. And at the time, really, the only instrumental piece of music I, I could think of was a song called Banana Wind by Jimmy Buffett. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so we had this whole routine where it was, like, this tourist trying to sit in a hammock. And there was like a cabana boy that kept coming by, and all sorts of, of haplessness happens throughout there. And we got an excellent on that, which I think was bullshit, because that was a good fucking scene. But, so, so many of us got superiors, we all went to Tampa, where the Florida State Thespian Fe- Festival takes place. And holy shit, if that wasn't like one of the most amazing experiences of my high school career. Yeah, the only reason I got to go was because... I stage managed the one act that was um, that weird hillbilly show. I don't remember what it was called. I don't remember that but, at all. Yeah. I, yeah, now come to think about it, I don't know why you were there. But I guess it was because of that. Yeah, it was because of that. And um, because I got involved. Because um, I didn't know we had like a one act that went. It, it, it didn't. Because not everyone could make it? No, um... I forget. The one act wound up not going to um, two states, but I was involved in it. So then, Scar- Scarlet, yeah, Huntman, Scarlet Huntman. Fuck, that was her name. She ended up like marrying like an MMA guy. Yeah, really. Yeah. Wow. Well, she was like, "Hey, you know, you should just come with us if you can pay for it," kind of thing, because I was now involved. Um. But yeah, that was kind of the only reason why I went. She. Miss Huntman ended up being, like, a theater teacher to somebody I knew in college. Wow. Yeah. I yeah, because she went to Weston. She went to Weston, and then she went, like, somewhere else after that. Ah. Like, somewhere else on the West Coast. Oh. Yeah. Um, but being in Tampa and doing all that, because also in that class, in her acting class, like, we would do, like, some improv stuff, and you, me, and Scott and Esteban ended up playing improv games out on the side, like out back of the Tampa Convention Center. Oh yeah, by the bay, and just like 
Dude, we loved doing that. That was our fucking jam. It was, um, we actually, uh... And I, like, fully credit that for, like, giving the Scott and I the bug for getting involved in improv in college. Yeah. Like, hands down. That was... Because we used to do it at that, that band shell... And then, you remember that time, like, two times we got kicked out by the cops? Because they're like, you can't be up there, you damn kids. The band show was this... When you think about it, it's like, this is kind of crazy. It was a full-on, like, stage right on the beach, in Hollywood Beach. And, you know, you go out there late at night and there's nothing else to do. So you just... Anyone else is, like, graffitiing or something like that. Or, like, trying to bang or something like that. And we're up there just playing improv games. And just stopping random people to give us ideas. We ended up going back years later to do a rocker show, or rocker shows, and we would always go back there and do the same fucking thing. That's awesome. We ended up meeting this one dude, Lois. 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 <laughs> and he's like, like, sir, uh, what's the what's the suggestion of a um, of a location, something that can sort of fit on the stage? He's like, Mike's apartment. <laughs> Is he talking about the porn? Or? Yes, one hundred percent. Uh, what's something that's in a, uh, uh, your your glove compartment right now? He's like a bag of weed. <laughs> he was fucking the best. Dude, he knew what was going on. He was the man. Like we ended up actually like uh, uh, getting his phone number so we could like tell him whenever we were like in town for a show. <laughs> and whenever we were drunk, we would just like call him up like Lewis. He's like, uh, oh, is this the Iraqi guys? <laughs> that's beautiful. That shit never died until they just tore it down recently because of fucking Margaritaville. Margaritaville. Uh, that trip was fucking great. Yes. Uh, the shows we did, the first show that we did together was, you were in River City, right? Uh, no. You weren't. That was the year I got That's kicked right. out because <laughs> I decided to choose football. Over. Yes, that is correct. Acting. Uh... And I said, and then we did the King and Me, or was it me? And, no, yeah, the second one was the King and Me, and that was only because, like, I guess they were just they didn't want to pay for the rights to do real shows. Well, before, kind of like, because basically before you kind of joined in the whole thing, all the shows before your time were Keenan kind of picking a show that was you know kind of taking a basis off of a show yeah. and rewriting it. Well, I was there for for River City and, and King and Man. Yeah, so, so you yeah. know. Yeah. So I was in like the last vestige of that. Yeah, because they were all prior to that were like that and just rewriting Yeah, shows. they were all like they were all like homages. Yeah. But they would also include like songs from other shows. They would also include like pop songs. Yeah, because I wound up getting stuck singing fucking Had the Time of My Life and <laughs> The King and Me. People love that though <laughs> I my, know my dad doesn't stop talking about that really he fucking loves that oh part because it opened up act two and it just like had this great energy to it that's so but funny. why time of my life would be in a version of the king and I called the king and me well John had like um, this super thing for like very specific songs yeah and it was like this song needs to be yada yada yada. Yeah. This song needs to be, and there's no changing anybody's mind. Yeah. Uh, Which was ri- great. River yeah. City was like kind of crazy though. River City was weird. River City was weird as fuck because Keenan like fucked his back up. Like, 
almost, I want to say we were like three-fourths through the year, and like we were like not far out. And it was still like didn't make a lot of sense to begin with, but he like fucked his back up, went to the hospital, and must have gotten on some great meds, because he came back with a rewrite that was so like drug induced. Oh, yes. That people like no one like everyone was like, hey, you guys seem to do well, but like no one could follow it whatsoever. We couldn't. Yeah, it was it was weird, man. I, city was weird. I played a sheriff. I played Sheriff Wayward because it was based off of the Music Man. Um, but it also had uh, it was like a fucking mashup of like his previous two shows too because it had elements of Me and the King which was the King and I and it had elements of Excalibur which was, uh, I was uh, in Camelot. Yeah, Camelot. Uh, and then there were also songs in there like uh, like uh, 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 what's that Backstreet Boys song about the heart? Oh. Or it was like Show Me the Meaning. No, it wasn't Show Me the Meaning. Show Me the Meaning. No, it wasn't that. Yeah, it wasn't that. Which, was it River City that he had like um, Shania Twain in? <laughs> yep. They um, did the big old chair dance. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, girls. Uh, and uh, I know that story too, by the way. <laughs> Uh, and what else is it? Like, fucking Queen's We Will Rock You Yeah, it was, was in that. God, it was so weird. And I played, like, Sheriff Wayward, who's, like, a bumbling idiot sheriff, who somehow ends up at the end of the show to be the king of England? Or something? The king of Camelot? That's all, that's all I need to say. Yeah, because I, I honestly don't remember that show at all. Yeah. I just remember it was you shouldn't. weird as fuck. But I remember, like, it was an awesome, like, that was where that was my first show. That was Crystal Gillette's first show. That was a lot of people's first show that like fucking did shit after that. Because then the next show was King and May. That was fun, but that was kind of like a rehash of Me and the King. Essentially, did it already. Yeah. And then I remember like Keenan at the end of that year after we did the show, he called us all together and he announced the next show we were doing. And we did, Le- and he's like, "We're doing Les Misérables." Ugh. And people lost their mind. I'm just like, "The fuck is Les Misérables?" <laughs> And then on the way home, Crystal Gillette's mom, Josette, like, played Master of the House for me. I'm just like, well, that's what I'll be doing. And that show was fucking pimp. Dude, that show was amazing. For, we're, we keep talking about this all weekend, but for being high school, middle, high school, middle, and elementary schoolers, we, like, put on such a high quality show. And we were also held the distinction of being the first performance of Les Mis uh, anywhere in the world after it closed on Broadway. Hmm. Like, we were, like, in the New York Times for that shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and that was just an amazing experience. And then, and then next year, we did West Side Story. You were Tony. Yay. I was action. What? Well, what's funny is... Um, I, I I was the typecast for the male slut. Uh, I don't know if you ever knew that. Because it was a toss-up between um, Into the Woods and West Side Story. Okay, yeah. I know that. So Into the Woods would have been Prince Charming. You know why? Because Prince Charming is the one that makes out with the baker's wife on stage. 
Well, and and let's not let's not act like everyone wasn't getting typecast because I would have been the baker. <laughs> and then, of course, West Side Story. You know, who's the guy that's getting in bed with the other chick? Yeah, but you're like the heart. What? Don't no, no, don't fucking talk to me about Tony <laughs> being the slut. He's the romantic lead, man. I'm just the makeout type guy. Oh, uh, yeah, and you have to also like carry the whole fucking weight of the thing. Eh. Shut up. <laughs> Fuck you. I do remember uh, John telling us a story about how uh, he was in a production of Romeo and Juliet and how he like saw he would tell us a story whether it was true or not whatever but he and he saw the uh the balcony Juliet's balcony oh yes yeah yes yeah he used to tell that shit all the time and <laughs> and so yeah he would tell that story uh and we have battery wise sorry no that's good I was wondering that too um yeah we should be all right yeah we're at 22. Uh, sorry. So he would tell this story about how he would, like, he went and, because the, the, the chick playing Juliet was, like, insufferable. Yeah. And so he sawed most of the, 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 the railings on the balcony for Juliet's balcony. And so when she, in the middle of the show, leaned on the balcony. She went. She took a tumble. <laughs> And he keeps telling us this story. Over and over. And so God, it was around, because by then we had the set and everything. Mm-hmm. And so it was around April Fool's Day that, like, Crystal, who was playing Maria, was scared shitless that we had done something to the balcony. <laughs> well, that would have been bad, because I had to climb up there, too. Yeah. Uh, I always think, like, we should have, like, left a saw somewhere laying around. Dude, do you remember the, to see. the second night... The bed broke as soon as we pulled it off stage. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And how funny that would have been if the bed just collapsed while we were both on top of it. I mean, that would have been prime for a for an off script one liner. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, that's in in Beauty and the Beast, the house Belle's house. Yeah, was like, yeah, I was there. It was really thin, yeah, and it was, it was really thin, and like uh, uh, Belle would come out of it. Also played by Crystal Gillette. Uh, would come out of it, and and it was like on on wheels. And it was like pretty high up. It it, it probably should have been designed differently. But we were like reusing sets from something else, and and so she like steps out of it, and like it starts leaning, and then it just starts falling on her, and she catches it while still singing, which is the most baller thing I've ever seen. I was there. I remember that. And eventually, like one of the stagehands went out. And was able, I think it was Sean Florence, who was just, like, coming back to help out. And he, like, came out and, like, brought it back up. But the best thing that could have happened there was if uh, uh, Stephen Keenan, who was playing Gaston, went out. Because Gaston's supposed to be this big, strong motherfucker. Like, that's what, <laughs> that's the perfect moment for that to happen. <clears throat> Fucking, um, but yeah, man. West Side, man, that was a lot of fun. It was. And it's funny, because I really don't like the show yeah but I had a blast doing it sure. with you guys um fucking and I just didn't we do the Blues Brothers again for a banquet as well one of the awards banquets probably I feel like cause we, yeah we did it for the talent show we did it for Halloween 
Yes. And then we did it for the banquet. We hosted again for the banquet. We were like too burnt out by then to like write something new. We were like, yeah, we totally went through a Blues Brothers phase for real. I kind of maybe never came out of it. I was secretly maybe not either. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, man. What else, dude? What was that? What was the name of that seafood restaurant that we would do karaoke at? That was like right down the street from your place. Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, fuck. It's like Captain Morgan or something. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Captain Nemo's or some shit like that. Well, it was funny because that building, nothing ever lasted more than like nothing. three months. It was always like, it was like this haunted. Yeah, because everything cursed. was there, and then it was gone, and then it was something new, and then it was gone. Yeah, it was like I an Italian place, it. and then it was like something else, and then it was a seafood place. I think the Starbucks now. Yeah, or I feel like they like just leveled it and built something yeah. else, which is like that's the way to go. But that lady, she would always do like Mustang Sally. Dude, every then, lady always does Mustang Sally. But then there was, do you remember there was like this older bigger dude that kind of looked like Milton from Office Space <laughs> and he would bring his own CDs here do you remember this guy it, it might come to me as you he tell he would bring the story. his own karaoke CDs and then sing nothing but Bob Dylan songs in the most cartoonish Bob Dylan like render of just tangled up him I don't remember that you don't remember that guy he would always sit at the bar it's always like super oily looking. <laughs> but I, I believe you. I also remember like we would go. You remember that Italian restaurant with Crystal? Did you, were you ever involved in that one? Maybe. It was like an old folks home shuttle dropped off all these old people at this shady old Italian <laughs> restaurant. And like this one guy every week would sing... Um, Hey, good looking. I was never a part of any of this. Okay. Uh, every week was, hey, good looking. Oh, you know what? That does sound familiar. And it was like the old people always chose the 45-minute songs. Of course. Yeah. Uh, there we, was... <laughs> our karaoke places sucked. The, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, we were desperate for it. We, went, we would go to this place called Wings and Curls. And there was, like, I, basically, he's a William Hung-looking motherfucker who, I guess, realized he was a William Hung-looking motherfucker and tried to capitalize on it at karaoke. Mm. Uh, and he would always do She Bangs. She Bangs. Um, but then the second song he would always do was uh, Yellow Polka Dot Bikini. That's awkward. It was really awkward every time. <laughs> Um, fucking, what I remember though at that seafood place is we'd go and like I, I, some, every now and then would like bring a girl that I was trying to like talk to and, 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 you know, and I would go up and sing like whatever dumb bullshit I would sing. Mac the knife. Uh, not even that at that point. <laughs> some dumb bullshit. It's like some Blues Brothers song or whatever. And then you would go up there and sing, like, fucking Josh Groban, and you would fucking, like, just have the entire, the entire restaurant just, like, in the palm of your hands, 
And I, like, step on it, like, someone spill a drink? And it's like, oh, no, she's fucking wet for you singing Joshua. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Every fucking time. Dude, it was, it's so bad, because, like, you know, I look at that, and it's, like I said the other night, the high school lead syndrome. And it's like... Which you'll never get any sympathy for. No, no, but, like, <laughs> and then you capitalize on that when you go to Shady Karaoke. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think I do. So, like, not only did I kind of have this stupid big head over being, like, <laughs> the guy doing leads in the show, but then we go to karaoke, and, you know, where everybody thinks everybody's fucking good. Yeah. And then it's like, I am good. And then you step out in the real world, and you're like, what the fuck I'm happened? nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm one of those people that figured that out, though. Yeah. You know, and didn't. Living that false fucking fantasy right. bullshit where it's like, my mom tells me I'm good, so I have to yeah. be good. Well, and it makes karaoke fun now. Yes, I love karaoke now. Because I can go and sing Journey, and I can't sing Journey. <laughs> <laughs> so I look just as bad as everyone else. Everywhere we went, though, man, whenever, like, because we eventually started doing big groups of karaoke. Of us, all the fucking people, fair people. And we would just just crush houses man it was it was unfair it wasn't right there's also like a lot of country karaoke down there too I th most places I think do a lot of country because that's that, kind of that crowd that aren't in the city I, I there, there's no way you're gonna get away with a, a a country song that isn't like friends in low places I we were at karaoke one night I've probably told this story on the episode with Rudy, who's my karaoke running partner. Nice. And there we were at this one place, and it was just getting, like, really douchey and really, like, fucking basic. And really, like, people were, like, booing each other. And it was like, <laughs> this fucking sucks. I'm going to kamikaze this whole operation. Next song I get a chance to do, I'm doing Don't Take the Girl. Wow. I'm going to fucking ruin everyone's night. Wow, dude. Yeah. Don't take girl. <laughs> and then, like, I tell my friends that, and, like, some of them don't know what that song is. I'm just like... Oh, I know what song that is. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. That's a tearjerker. I know you do. But they didn't. <laughs> that's so depressing. <laughs> that's that's the, the nuclear option right there, man. That's the red button. I got to remember that. If, if it's ever just a shitty karaoke night... Just fucking end it. Don't take the girl. You're, 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 it's, a, it's a mercy kill, is what it is. I love it. I love it. That's beautiful. <laughs> Bravo on you. That, well, I, have, I haven't had to use it yet, but that's a, that's a pro tip right there. Hmm. Did we fucking miss anything? I don't know. I'm sure a lot, but <laughs> we covered a lot as well. Well, that's the thing, man. You know, and uh, uh, I wanted to record a, a, a show with with Osman last weekend, who was in Chicago, um, and we just didn't have a chance to because there just wasn't enough time to get everything in as it was. But these are two amazing weekends of catching up with fucking lost faces that, like, we all still keep up. You know, be it through Facebook or Snapchat or texting, but. Now, now's where we fucking, we're all caught up. Now let's start fucking. Start fresh again. Making the new ones. 
for us to come back in 10 years and, and fucking laugh about. Better not be 10 years. Well, I'm, I'm just saying. Because <laughs> this was fucking long enough. I know, God I know, but it. in general, you get my point. So, um, what time is it? Jeez, how long have we been going? Midnight 57. Good God. Well, that'll do it for us here. Well, I appreciate you having me on. From Gino's Beach here in Sparrows Point, Dundalk, Maryland. Um, be sure to uh, check us out all over um, uh, Twitter and uh, actually, yeah, this show's just on Twitter. But go to potswoggle.com and check out the rest of the Potswoggle Network and all the rest of the shows. Big things coming up. If uh, uh, certain shows should be debuting soon, our father should be. Uh, keep a lookout for that. But yeah, Blank Slate Pod on Twitter, uh, Blank Slate Podcast at gmail.com to shoot us an email. Um, uh, you can find me at Rich Cammy on Twitter, Rich Cammy4 on Instagram, GarlicNot44 on Snapchat, because I fucking why not. Um, and also go check out my audiobooks that are for sale on audible.com, which I fucking, this guy was the, the, he's the one who incepted me, uh, and told me to do this. You're welcome. Uh, thank you very much for you're that. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. And you're uh, doing a great job. I heard a bunch of the books. Oh, I appreciate that. Yes. Uh, it means a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, where can, where can everyone find you? Uh, Twitter, I'm at Bryce Zabrick, B-R-Y-C-E-Z-A-B-R-I-C. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Bryce Zabrick. Uh, I'm the only one in the world. The world. Um, Instagram, at Bryce Zabrick. Um, and is that, is that when you, like, when it really sunk in that you're the only one in the world, when you, all of those names were available on all of those platforms? I love it. I love it. Well, I've known for a long time that I've been that Sure, guy. sure. But, uh, and it then, makes it a lot easier when you got to find those. Uh, cool studio stuff. Um, I Periscope. Uh, so oh, yeah. find me on Periscope because I'm always doing behind-the-scenes stuff with uh, bands that I'm recording and weird random shit like recording fucking wind chimes or a vocoder. So, I mean, it's tons of fun. Um, you hear that, RJ? That's what Periscope's supposed to be fucking used for. <laughs> Not just walking around. <laughs> But, yeah, those are kind of, I'm kind of a little bit on everything, so look up Bryce Abrick. I'm sure there's a porn bit of me out there somewhere, and, uh... That's how you know you made it. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right, is that is all you got? That's all I got. All right, well, thanks uh, for indulging me. Thanks for having this. me. I, I know I threatened you very early on in the trip. Oh, it was great. We I, couldn't, do this. I could not wait to do this. Uh, so thank you very much. I can't wait. Uh, I fly out tomorrow. You roll out a little sooner than I do. And uh, yeah, man, I can't wait to till we fucking link up again. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening as well. I uh, can't wait to hear your feedback. Um, and also uh, rate us on um, iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and I'll read it on air no matter what you say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you so much for listening. You go ahead and delete this now. Catch us later. This has been a Podswoggle Network production. Visit podswoggle.com for more of that sweet, sweet entertainment.